All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hustle on Purpose podcast, where we bring you knowledge and encouragement to help you better serve your family, your business, and your community. I'm your host, G.T. Eichert, and we have a very special guest with us today, Chase Dillon. Chase, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Good, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. So tell us a little bit about what it is you do, uh, a little bit about your business, a little bit of background, how you got into it. All of that would be great. Okay. Um, it's a family business. We build and we're a real estate company. Um, kind of started out, I guess, with my mom. She's been in commercial real estate for over 30 years. Wow. And then my dad worked for Southwestern Bell for 30 years, retired on the day. Wow. And I that, guess he that was, was before it became AT&T. Yep. Right. And I guess he was retired for about a week and was a little bored at home. And, um, my mom had was doing a development out in Greystone Cabot, and they had a couple hundred lots out there. And yeah. they're like, "You want to start building some homes?" Is that the development, like on the golf course? Uh, just right on the back side of the, okay. the golf course. Yeah, awesome. And so we started out there doing like some smaller homes compared to like what we've built up to now. It was probably thirteen to fifteen hundred square foot, and right. then after we kind of built that out, we started moving over to Little Rock and now we're pretty much building mostly central Arkansas. Awesome. And when was that, that they started doing those? So that was around 2008 or so and right around the market crash. So we were finishing out some other builders homes too. And so a lot of people would call that the slow time, but it was probably the busiest time we ever had. Really? Wow. That's, that's super interesting. That's an interesting time to get into home building, but it, (laughs) I feel like it's often the case that like when things look the worst, they're actually the best. It can always be worse too. Yeah. Right. Great point. And when like, for instance, right now, interest rates are really high and people are acting like it's the worst time ever to buy a home. And I'm like, yeah. that's not at all how I see it. And I'm actually trying to like convince people that it's a great time to buy a home. Your, your current interest rate may be higher than it would have been three years ago. It will be higher than it would have mm-hmm. been three years ago, but you can also as a buyer negotiate that home purchase. Whereas two, three years ago you had no negotiating power mm-hmm. whatsoever. Sellers were getting. Yeah. They just named their price and right. it usually went above and beyond that. Right. Yeah. With, yeah. With as few contingencies as possible and all of that yeah. stuff is like, you can, you can request a seller to pay your closing costs, which mm-hmm. is unheard of in the last couple of years and all yeah. that. So, I mean, you can talk to the old school people and, um, right. seven, 8% was low. They were paying 18% back in the day. Right. Yeah. At one exactly. point. Yeah. So that's interesting. And so started with, smaller homes and mm-hmm. built your way up. Um, can you walk us through a little bit of that? So they started in 08, you would have been in high school. Yep. And what is, what is your part of that journey kind of look like? So right before I went off to college to the U of A and, yeah. um, what go part of 2010 go hogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, we play tomorrow too. Yeah. Um, so I ended up taking my real estate course and getting my license um, and doing all that, but ended up not doing anything while I was at college because some people know how it goes there. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and 
it came down to, um, I came back to Little Rock and I started doing the construction management program at Euler. They have a great construction mm-hmm. management they program. They do. It's really hands-on. Yeah. Yeah. And all the teachers there are awesome and right. they're straightforward with you. That's great. And so I actually talked to my advisor when we were getting really busy and about, it was probably 2013, we started getting really busy and I had like a year and a half left of the program to finish it out. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, I just want to talk and we're either going to be hiring somebody on or I've got to stop coming to school and just Mm -hmm. get out there and start working. And he was like, if you want me to be for real with you, he was like, get out there. You're going to learn more putting your hands on it and get out in the field than you are sitting in the class. Yes. At least in this line of building. and Right. Yeah. Um, I'm always telling people, like, not necessarily to, like, abandon college and, like, go do it. Mm-hmm. But in, in my line of work, which is mainly renovations and rentals, every house is different. Like there's no, every, every client, every vendor, there's no college degree that's going to teach you how to uh, negotiate and manage your contractors Mm -hmm. or um, to problem solve a situation that comes up right there. Right. Like the, the stuff that you would have learned in that construction, finishing that construction management degree would have been helpful. I'm sure. But like you can't, replace those years of knowledge you got from all the hands-on work you've been mm-hmm. doing in the day-to-day so. with subs contractors and right every little thing that can go on right there's so much that uh, you just can't replace that experience you know so anyways i interrupted you and i didn't mean to oh you're fine so he talked you out yeah. of staying in construction management yes and pretty much from there went in and started working um with my dad and going from the ground up, uh, started cleaning job sites up, just pretty much cleaning. Yeah. Uh, we had probably <laughs> about 12 houses going at that time. Yeah. And I spent 10 plus hours a day just going to one job site to the next, just keeping it clean. And I mean, we made breaks out of the yards and yeah. nails and we did kind of no advertising and we were pretty much a spec builder at the time meaning the house wasn't sold. So um, right. we kept our job sites really clean and the word of mouth kind of just ran from there saying, we've watched y'all over the years and every time I come on your job site, it's clean. And I mean, if your job site's messy, it's gonna make you look for other things around the house too. 100%, yeah. How you do anything's how you do everything mm-hmm. is kind of that like general saying. Yeah. And I will say I judge people a lot through that lens. Like I just, I talked recently about how to find vendors or contractors to do work for you. Mm -hmm. And um, I've got a a list of questions and we have like a process we go through. Y'all probably do as well. So I'd love to hear about yours. Or y'all may just have your core people that are awesome and there's not much turnover. But on the renovation side of things, there's, there's a real list of questions and a process. So like we talk to somebody on the phone and we've got questions that we ask them. If that goes well, then we do like an in-person meeting and here's what we're looking for on the in-person meeting. And it's like some of that stuff is, you could call it judging a book by its cover. Yeah. But it's really 
how do I get as much information in a short amount of time? Just like people looking at your job sites and seeing, oh, stuff is clean. Like they, these people take the extra steps to do things right is the implication in their mind. It's like when I'm mm-hmm. meeting with a vendor, it's like, how are they dressed? Like, what does their vehicle look like? What kind of vehicle is it? Like, is it, you know, did their girlfriend drop them off in a beat up like car mm-hmm. or did he show up in a truck with a toolbox and yeah. like, you know, and was he like 30 that. minutes late? <laughs> right. Yeah. And was he on time and all yeah. that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I think those details are really important. The previous uh, investment company I used to work for, they would remodel houses and rent them, but it was huge. That whole renovation process. I mean, we had a very strict process on the rental signs in the yard and where they go and how mm-hmm. many of them there are and how that yard's meant to be kept. And they would always start on the, remodeling the exterior of the house because curb appeal as quick as possible was mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Um, and to get attention and get it rented quick and yeah. all of that. So I just wanted to, I agree with your point on like those details matter. Keeping your job sites organized mm-hmm. is important. I mean, it's just like you said, it, uh, judging a book by its cover. That's And having your, do y'all have, we have any, any vendor that starts working for us, we have them sign a trade-specific vendor code of conduct. So I've got rules typed out for how we want our HVAC vendors to handle themselves, how they specific. There's some general rules that apply to everybody. No smoking in the house. Yeah. No you know, drinking on a job site or yeah. you know, that kind of basic stuff. But there's also some like, trade-specific stuff. Um, do y'all have any, what is y'all's process of dealing with the, all the contractors that you have going on? Do y'all have anything like that to make sure that if somebody pulls up on a job site on a spec house that, and the only person there is the plumber. And he's sitting there drinking in the back of the house. Well, do they have any idea of like how you want that situation handled? Oh, so if say, say it's a custom home Mm -hmm. and the homeowner comes and sees the plumber doing a, a rough end on the house. You're saying if the customer came up, started asking the plumber questions or Mm -hmm. how do we deal that? Or just, you know, you're, we're talking about the details matter on how that job sites run. Right. And you don't know who's going to be coming in and out. Um, and you want to make sure that if, if your book is being judged by its cover, that you're presenting the best cover you can. Okay. So do y'all have anything in place that kind of, that makes sure that whoever's at that job site is representing you guys the way you want it to be done? So we have nothing written, but it's kind of known just over the years. So we've pretty much, from when we started building, um, have been using the same subs from day one. That's great. And it's, I mean, it's a team effort. So they understand how we like our job sites, how they're supposed to keep them clean, Mm -hmm. just get in, do the work, be done and not be playing around. So it's kind of like a known, but I mean, there's times where you're always going to have new subs with companies that are on the job and they're making a mess or they're smoking cigs inside. Yep. And it, it's kind of just, you bring it up after you see something going on and saying, I don't right. want this on my job site. We do post signs yeah. like around that have a little bit of that on it, just kind of on the 
by the garage door where everyone walks in that just right. kind of has a list of like clean up after yourself and just kind of walk up, do this, do that. Just to start, just to start a, a debate online, stereotypically, who's the, the worst offender trade wise when it comes to not cleaning up and breaking the rules? Uh, electricians. Nice. I would, I was going to say, I'd agree. It's plumbers or electricians. Yeah. Depends on the day. Yeah. Like we have yeah. a lot of in remodeling, as you know, like we have a lot of pre-existing sheetrock and like rough end stuff. The, my running joke is that, you know, the plumbers, uh, punch saw for sheetrock is a sledgehammer. Yeah. Like they just, I, they I would just say they can't. go hand in hand pretty close yeah. together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It depends on the day, mm -hmm. but they're, they're the worst. So yeah. we're talking to you plumbers and electricians out there yeah. do better. Um, I actually saw a video and, um, it was doing that. It was a plumbing company yeah. and they were, um, on the job site and their boss brought them a broom one day and they're all just looking at the broom. Like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> it's the new tool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, you just got it off the snap on truck. Um, that's hilarious. So what are y'all mainly working on now? Are you mainly doing specs, customs? A little bit of both, some remodels? Uh, pretty much all customs right now. We've got two specs going. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And all in central Arkansas, you said? Yep. Pretty cool. much everything we have right now is in West Little Rock. Awesome. And then we have a couple remodels, yeah. one we just finished up last week. Nice. Yeah. It's always nice when it's done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did also want to talk a little bit about how crazy it's been the last handful of years like your family has been through 08 and all of that and um then through the recent craziness where i would imagine if i was a builder the last few years i would think one of my biggest problems would just be taking on projects that were the highest and best use of my time because it seemed like there was so much work going on for qualified builders like you guys that it's like I really just need to be careful and only take on the projects that are, like I said, the highest and best use of my time. Is that kind of what it was like? Uh, somewhat. So you never want to turn away business, right? but you can take on too much to where your quality mm -hmm. and your time and everything, you're not giving what you should to a project. Right. And I mean, the last couple of years when we were getting overloaded with projects, there would be times where it, it, a job would come up and we would really like to have the job, but we're just like, we don't have time. And yeah. then there's the other ones where the red flags pop up after a first initial mm -hmm. meeting with a customer and you're just like, I don't think it's going to work for either of us. Right. It's got to be a good, mm -hmm. a good fit. Yeah. Uh, Money aside, we all got to be happy. Right. Yeah. yeah. They got to go live in that house for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be tough. So what, what are you mainly handling on the day-to-day? -day? Like, what's your main focus in the business? So I guess I would be considered a project manager. Awesome. So I pretty much take it, we have design contract, then it goes to a bid contract, and then mm -hmm. after that's all done, plans and everything, I take it from breaking ground on clearing trees all the way to pouring the driveway and screwing in light bulbs at the end. Nice. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. great. 
that's the kind of experience like I was, I think we were both talking about earlier. It's like, you just can't, you just can't learn all that stuff without doing it. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's impossible to fake. It's impossible to get from a book, just all of the interactions and conversations and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's um, a lot of little stuff, like a lot of the trades that you don't notice how much detail goes into it. Just like even like bricklayers, they've got one of the hardest jobs out there and it's the little detail on how they mix the mortar, laying it on top of the brick, how they get the joint lines in it. It's little things that you wouldn't think about. You think they just lay the bricks on top of each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just need some, you know, all you got to do is be strong and it's like, Mm -hmm. well, it's a lot more to it than just carrying of the bricks. (laughs) Yeah. It's an art form. Yeah. A lot of it. And you, you don't realize it until you see it done poorly. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, (laughs) Oh no, like that's bad. And there's, there's no easy fix on brick. Like once it's messed up, it's like, Mm -hmm. everything's one line off the rest of it's off. Yeah. It looks terrible. You can have one thing and it's just like, something's wrong. And then you see it and you're like, we can't take it all down. Yeah. Like, what do we do? Have you ever had something like that happen where it's like the brick was done poorly and, or anything really like, I mean, you always have yeah. something go on over years. I right. mean, um, one thing that's real noticeable, like if you're talking about brickers is if they're bricking when it's raining, that's mm-hmm. mortar, that brick and everything's going to cure differently than mm-hmm. wherever they're stopping and a starting point was the next day. And you're always going to see that transition. Like it's, right. it doesn't matter if it's 10 years from now, you're still going to see that line from mm. where they're, we're bricking in the rain. Right. And the only fix to that is if you just went and tore that whole side down and, right. and restarted. It's like same with tile. Like I've had some tile jobs that were done so bad there was no solution but to have them rip it out and like do it again. Yeah. And it's like, it's always a tough conversation. Yeah. I've had <laughs> some couple horror stories with tile, but they're always, all right. I hired a new guy um, on a house cause I was like, Oh, great price. Mm-hmm. Real good face to face. Good conversation. Right. And uh, had him do a job. He was good first three days. Yep clean everything. And then that fourth day when I walked in, I walked through the house thinking someone broke in the night before. It was almost like he was mixing all the mortar and everything. And then whenever he'd get up, a handprint would go on this wall, on that wall. And tile was like, he didn't use a laser. And it like, we ended up having to rip out the showers, pretty much repaint the house and Bro. Yeah. So we kind of flip flopped from there where after that scenario happened, we were like, well, we put so much on the painters on the back end to fix everybody else's little bumps, screws that they scratched the walls and all that. So we flip flopped to now we tile before we even start painting. Really? mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's less on the painters where they don't have to tape everything off too. Yeah. They kind of just get in there and they start going at it. Right. I've talked before as well about like that, that timeline and that process of like who you have in first vendor wise and what comes next. And, Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have to rethink some of that because a lot of it really does depend on your vendor team. Like if you have an outstanding painter, that's really meticulous and can be really careful. You could almost have them be close to the last thing. Yeah. Like that's not how I've ever done it, but like, in theory, I guess you could. Mm-hmm. 
And you then could. you'd have like a really fresh paint job that you wouldn't have to. Yeah, we've done about. that before too. And that was more lining up to the last couple of years with being able to get this or that in and paint shortages. And yeah. What's the uh, hardest thing to get right now material wise? Or is everything like most things are kind of back to normal? Most things are coming back to normal. Um, appliances are still pretty far out. Like we're, we used to order appliances mm-hmm. a month before we, we needed them installed. And now we're ordering appliances as soon as we break ground. Right. <laughs> and cause there's, especially if you go with certain brands or higher and you're talking 12 yeah. plus months to even get something in. Wow. Yeah. That's what about, I mean, I know windows were a huge problem at some point of windows kind of come back around. They've come back around, but they're still probably six weeks out, which I mean, they were 12 weeks plus at times too. Yeah. Which is hard because I mean, you can go on a house, you can, especially smaller homes too. It's like you could break ground, just finish your plans, break ground and get your foundation done, framing up and ready for windows within a month or so. Right. And, but your windows aren't going to be in for another month or two. Be sitting there waiting on windows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can't do anything because you can't get your frame inspection or any of that until your windows are in. So it, it pushes the whole project out and that's interest and everything. And people are on tough time commitments. They need to get out of their house because they, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of people that have sold their house contingent upon them moving into their new build that y'all mm-hmm. are building. So now yeah. you've got two families waiting on you. Yeah. You've got one family waiting to move into the house that your client is selling. And then you've got your client waiting to move into their new house. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, you got that. And then you have on top of that, the rate locks that people have been doing right. with the rates going up. Yeah. So it's like I have, I did a 90 day lock or I did yeah. a one year lock and it's like, I've got to be in on this date and it's, it gets down to crunch time Yeah, on a lot of yeah. them. Oh, yeah. The closest thing I have to that is like we'll have, we'll have a house rented before the renovation's done. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, hey, guys, like these people, like we've got one right now. It's like these people are moving in April 1st. Like they will be staying in a hotel if this house is not like move in ready by April 1st yeah. because they have to April be out of the house and like, yeah, right. <laughs> um, unfortunately it's not a joke. They do yeah. have to move in. It's like, it's, yeah. it's just a little added anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you're, you're mainly on the, the project management side, but it's a family business. So I'm sure y'all talk about this. What, what are kind of your thoughts if, if you had a prediction on where home building's going and where kind of this market's going with increased interest rates and stuff like that, what would your take on that be? Do you have any guesses or predictions? I mean, I've been saying the same thing for the last three years. Uh, we're going to hit a slowdown period and then COVID hit and we're like, oh, it's really going to slow down. And that's when it just ramped up. People, I guess they're at home more now. So mm-hmm. people are building bigger. They they want outdoor areas. And right now I don't see it slowing down at some point. It probably needs to. Um, Cause yeah. you've got it's kind of like a domino effect with everyone so busy right now. Subs are hard to come by. Prices are going up just for labor, not only material. Yep. And it's going to price people out is what's going to happen. The rates go up and then everything's top dollar right now. And it's, right. it's priced people out already. Yeah. Home affordability is a real issue. Um, 
I've told I've told people quite a bit that like if they if they're not making plans now, there's a real chance that um, their children being able to afford a house when they're young is likely going to be really really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even for people that want to buy a, a personal home or have one built or or buy a rental property that that way of life of you know I know Tim and he's got three rentals and I know Joe and he's got three and whatever I don't think it's going to look like that in 10 or 20 years it's going to be like um it's going to be much more institutionalized that's already happened and I think it's going to continue to happen mm-hmm. uh investment firms are buying the vast amount of real estate yeah um so anyways, all that it's pretty said. much getting priced out of buying a home is, and that's what it's going to be. And it's almost like you're, people are paying a mortgage pretty much in renting too. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got a, I know people that live in a $1,500 one bedroom apartment in Little Rock mm-hmm. and it's like, that's how much my mortgage is on my house. And it's mm-hmm. not a small house. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to say that without, I said that and then I was like, Holly, that probably sounds so terrible, but like, it's a house. Yeah. Like I've got like a mm-hmm. yard and like equity in it. It's not just $1,500 a month down the drain. Yeah. Yeah. Home affordability is a big issue. Um, do you, do you think y'all will stay in that custom home track that you're in or ever get into potentially back into larger development like spec house stuff um because the the reason i'm asking that i'll tell you the the build to rent space like individuals are slowing down buying homes i mean mm -hmm. the market's like stagnated right and it's a bit of a stalemate what's going to happen um the institutions are not slowing down and the build to rent space for institutional buyers is crazy like it's it's as hot as it's ever been yeah like I, I have my builder's license, um, and plan to do some, I, I plan to do some new construction, but it's going to be for rent houses, you know, build to rent. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if that's something y'all have done before or something I'll stay away from, or your time's just better spent on, you know, the large custom homes. Yeah. So I enjoy customs cause you're able to do stuff that you can on a spec, right. a spec. You got to hit a certain price range, you broad yep. amount of people that you've got to appeal to mm-hmm. and you're going to, it's not doing a call it like a production home, but it's somewhat of that because right. you're trying to make it open to this person, this person, this person, and right. not just one family right. or one person. Yeah. Um, we have talked about going back into, um, so my mom, she loves commercial and they used to have apartments, complexes yeah. and all that. And she loves that. And the worst thing is tenants sometimes because sometimes when they move out, you're, you're coming in, you're ripping everything out and Mm got to redo it. Can neither confirm nor deny, Mm -hmm. but yes, but everything's (laughs) staying rented right now too. Right. Yeah. So y'all would get in, y'all are thinking about potentially building some commercial. Yeah. If we were going to do it, it would be 
we'd want to develop the land and yeah. do the whole thing from ground up. Yeah. That's exciting. But land's expensive right now and hard to come by. And if you're doing anything like that, if you don't mm-hmm. already have the land, you're going farther and farther out. Right. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, and that's mm. uh, like my personal risk tolerance is like I can, I can, you know, risk some money on like some flips and some rentals and stuff like that. But, you know, when you're talking about developing your own commercial like apartment complex, it's you got to really know what you're doing. A lot of tied up money too. Right. Yeah. For a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doing one project. Right. Yeah. But the rewards can be incredible. Yes. So. um, Or it can put you out of business too. Right. Yeah. (laughs) High risk, high reward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you too about, uh, you know, we talked about vendor stories. Is there any, is there any crazy stories that come to mind? You think of like, you know, nightmare clients or just wacky contractors. Yeah. Anything that comes to mind? Oh, I've got some contractor stories, but I, I won't tell those on here. <laughs> but you tell me later. I do have, this is probably, it's probably been about seven years ago. We were doing a pretty big house and, yeah. um, and not only do the builders, the subs and all that put their blood, sweat and tears into it. I mean, the homeowners do too. They're, it's a big commitment and Mm -hmm. it's, they're building their life home and where they're going to stay forever. And I remember. So, and like so much emotion tied mm -hmm. into it. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much where it's going too with this. Um, Oh, okay. (laughs) We were doing a cabinet walkthrough with the customer and normally the cabinet walkthroughs, you can, get it done in a couple hours. So it's after all the mill work's done, like cabinets. No, before just initial meeting where you're walking room to room, measuring your spaces, going vanities going here. I want a sink. I want some pull out drawers on the left and right. Gotcha. And after about eight hours into this walkthrough, eight hours, eight hours. What time did y'all start? Do you remember? Uh, probably around seven 30. Wow. Yeah. And so right about that time, the wife was on the floor in the kitchen crying. The husband was like pacing around, just yelling. And we kind of stepped back because at that point, I'm like, I'm not really sure what to do. And we're like, here, let's take a break. Let's give it a couple days. We'll come back and restart from where we are. And because, I mean, that's where you see that all their emotions are coming out because it's so many decisions, which... We, we should have cut it after three hours and been like, let's, let's table, let's this. finish this. Yeah. But some people's schedules are, you can, they can only meet on these days. And then every week that passes by, it pushes everything else out. Right. So yeah, when you do try to cram too much, it can get a little yeah. emotional for everyone. See, that's I something guess. you wouldn't have learned in your uh, construction management courses. Yeah. How to deal with the crying wife on the floor and the yelling husband stomping mm. around. Yeah. <laughs> Man. But it, does it have a happy ending? It does. They're nice. still in the home today. Great. There you go. <laughs> They're all still together. They say if, uh, well, they used to say, if you want to test your marriage, build a house. Start by like, start by like assembling some Ikea furniture and like painting one room. Yeah. Like if you want to test your marriage, just like dip the toe in the water. Mm-hmm. 
or and then you, go build a house if you survive yeah, the baby steps. Just like doing the IKEA furniture, have you ever put a love sack couch together? <laughs> I've never put one together. Now no. you say that, is it like impossible? No, it's not impossible. It's, it. They say it's easy. All their videos online. Oh, just pops on Look here. You move it, it around. Right. You can do whatever you want with it. But it's. <laughs> I can so yeah. see that being something that would happen to me. It's like babe, like, look, I got us this awesome new sofa and look at how easy it is. Mm -hmm. And it's like flash forward 30 minutes later. And we're just like, yeah, I understood now why they have right? five star reviews, but then every comments like, I love my couch, but I, I will never it disassemble together. it and reassemble <laughs> it. Yeah. It yeah. almost cost me my marriage, mm -hmm. man. Ironic. The love sack. Yeah. <laughs> Divorcing people left mm -hmm. and right. Awesome, man. Well, this was great. Was there any other info that I missed or anything? How do people find you if they need a home built or any of the other services they offer you uh, that you offer? We're on Hal's Instagram. Um, we've got a website, Dylan Builds, D-I-L-L-O-N-B-U-I-L-D-S.com. Or just search on Google, Dylan Homes. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this today. This was great. Um, and thank you for everyone for watching. This was the Hustle on Purpose podcast. We hope this helped you be more equipped to go out there and crush it. Be sure to go check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, etc. And remember, guys, hustle on purpose.